Row Along, a friendly voice in your ear to motivate, coach and entertain you through each indoor rowing workout as we row along together. I set the stroke rate and the training pace based on your current 2,000 metre time. Just set your monitor to just row and start and stop when I tell you. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com. Hi there and welcome to another workout for you to row along to where I row a session on this machine, you row exactly the same session on your machine and we row along together. See what I did there with the name? So this is week one, session two of the 1K plan and don't worry, you don't have to be on the 1K plan to get value out of this session. It's a great fitness building, technique building workout that will really just let you burn through some calories and improve your rowing. Because what we're gonna do is four 10 minute intervals. Now we're gonna do the first one at 18 strokes a minute and your pace, if you have a 2K pace, is gonna be 2K plus 20. Now from an effort out of 10 point of view, that's round about five out of 10, okay? Where one is you just sitting on the couch eating a bag of crisps. Then the next one, we're gonna do it 20 strokes a minute and we're gonna go slightly faster. We're basically gonna just go two seconds faster in pace than you were rowing the one before, okay? So if you have a 2K training pace, that means 2K plus 18. But if you're working on an effort point of view, just go two seconds faster than you were before. Then we're back to 18 and then we're back up to 20 again for the intervals three and four. Now you're gonna have two minutes rest between all of these, so don't worry. It's all Although it's 40 minutes worth of rowing, because of those two minutes rest, you're gonna just be able to recover quite nicely for the next 10 minutes. And trust me, just looking at this as 10 minute blocks rather than 40 minutes worth of rowing, mentally is amazing, okay? You'll get through this 40 minutes and you'll be like, wow, it's 40 minutes worth of rowing. I can't believe it, ooh. So, right, before we even get there though, we have to do a four minute warm up to make sure we're all nice and kind of ready to rock, right? So, we have to set up our machine before we can even get anywhere near that warm up. On a Concept 2, which I'm using, that means going to the Drag Factor first. Now, if you don't know anything about Drag Factor, I do have a video here on this channel. If you know how to set it, but you don't know where to set it, I recommend run about 130 for the time being. If you know absolutely nothing about Drag Factor, just set the lever between four and five, okay? Too low isn't the problem too high is the problem, okay? If you're on a non-concept two, then just set the resistance of your machine so you get a nice weight from the stroke, but you don't have to fight against it, okay? That's quite important. Next up, get your monitor, and if you can, set it at eye height so you don't have to look up, you don't have to look down, and finally set the foot stretcher height, if you can, so that you're able to come into the front of the machine with your shins pointing vertically, okay? If you're set too high, it all gets a bit bound up at the front. If you're set too low, it can be grabbing your toes and you can go scooting straight past that vertical position and you just waste power. Okay, so our four minute warm up. We're gonna start this round about 20 strokes a minute. And I just want you to think as though you're just kind of standing up, okay? Just enough of a push from your legs that you can just put some kind of force into the machine because we're gonna work on the timing between pushing with our feet and our hands connecting to the machine. Okay, here we go. In three, two, one, push. Because the point of rowing or at least the point of the power from rowing, is that you're getting the power in from the legs. This isn't a pulling sport. Yes, you pull at the end. Don't worry, I'm not saying you don't use your arms. But what you should be hearing is an acceleration of the flywheel from the start of the stroke as you push your legs into the machine. But you have to get the timing right 
because obviously you can push all you want with your legs but if you don't actually get that power from your legs up into the handle you're not going anywhere and that's why I say it's about timing so where you want to be is in a forwards lean or tilt over the hips towards the front of the machine with nice straight arms and then as you push your feet into the foot plates that is when you want the handle to connect to whatever it is that makes your machine go so in my case that means that the chain connects to the sprocket and I can feel it biting as that connection happens and that's how the power surges into your machine but we'll talk more about this in the main session because in three strokes time we're going to take one foot out of the straps and put it on the floor okay so thumb on the buckle toes up that's the quick release to your foot and then and just carry on rowing with one leg strapped in that really is the quick way to get out is just put your thumb on the buckle and kind of push it out to the side and then flick your toe up and that will open the, the strap for your foot so let's do it again now on the other foot so thumb toes get your other foot back in continue rowing I know you're going to lose about five seconds transition time there but really this is just about opening up the hips giving you a little bit of concentration on one leg that's strapped in you can look at any huge differences in pace between the two as a muscle imbalance or balance issue right let both legs back in arms straight legs straight just roll with your back and arms so swing over your hips pull in your arms out with your arms and then swing back over your hips again but keep those legs nice and straight you're not wanting to put any power in here from your legs you're just wanting to rock and pull don't worry if there's a soft bend to your knee as you come for come forwards here's me saying don't <laughs> keep your legs straight anyway right let's roll to the front tighten your straps on the way arms straight forward tilt push out from the front and the point here is to hold that forwards tilt and straight arms as you connect the legs to the machine so don't worry about pushing too hard here this is just about the connection okay you should be feeling it in your lats arms nice and straight one for luck at the end right so that's a very simple warm-up but that is because Today is a low intensity session, okay? And I'll talk about why we're doing a low intensity session for a 1K row through today's row. I explained it in the intro in week one, session zero. But you might not have done that one. You might just have started right at week one, session one. So <laughs> anyway, in the meantime, have a quick drink. Just keep on rocking up and down the rail and I'll explain one more time what we're doing today. 
Okay then, so today is a low intensity fitness building row. We're gonna do four 10 minute intervals with two minutes rest in between. We're gonna do them at 18, then 20, then 18, then 20 strokes per minute. And your starting pace is gonna be round about 2K plus 20 pace if you have a 2K training pace. If you don't know anything about this, by the way, check out the description on this video where it is explained how to work out your 2K training pace. Totally skipped saying that the first time around. Uh, or run about five out of 10 effort, okay? So enough um, effort that your breathing rate goes up a little bit, your heart rate goes up, but you can still basically hold a conversation, okay? You need to uh, not always talk, like I do. Um, you need to let the other person talk just so you can catch your breath and things. So you're definitely working some element, but not so much that you're really out of breath and you can't get through those 10 minutes and it starts to feel tough, okay? If this starts to feel tough, you're going too fast. So ease off a little bit pace-wise, but make sure your technique is still rock solid. That's why I talk technique all the time. So that's what we're doing, right? It'll be nice and simple, 40 minutes worth of rowing, two minutes rest in between. I will keep you company with chat about technique and hopefully why we're doing this and ah, other stuff, dinner plans, all that kind of stuff. Um, just follow me for stroke rate if you're not used to rowing at some kind of a stroke rate cap. It'll be fine, you'll get into the rhythm of it eventually. Right, here we go then, in three, two, one. Let's go. Starting with 18 strokes per minute. Now for quite a lot of people who are new to doing some kind of structured training, there's a good chance 18 strokes a minute is gonna feel like an impossibility to row this slow. And it's quite funny, it's like slow rate rowing and really fast rate rowing does tend to be alien and a bit of a difficulty to a lot of people. And in the case of the fast, higher rate stuff, it's all about getting the hands away and starting the recovery nice and quick. Whereas for low rate rowing, like today, it's actually more about taking your time over the recovery. So, it'll be, it will be easier to see on the 20 strokes a minute interval, but really, down at these low rates, you want your ratio to be so that your drive is twice as fast as your recovery. So at 20 strokes a minute, that means one second drive followed by two seconds recovery. And it's like 1.1 second followed by 2.2 recurring <laughs> at 18 strokes a minute. But the point is you connect and drive with power out from the front of the machine, but then the recovery is like a slow motion, fluid recovery. So you don't hold the handle against your body but holds your position 
at the back of the stroke while your hands come away like a soft release so you can see how I drive hands come away but I'm still in that backward lean for a short moment until my hands come towards my knees and then my hands have created the momentum to tilt my body forwards again and as the handle passes my knees all I have to do is bend my knees and I will effortlessly roll to the front of the machine ready for the next stroke but it's a nice relaxed gentle recovery I'm not getting to the back and throwing the handle out okay there's a place for the quick hands away which is the high rate stuff but when you are rowing these low rates I just want you to think fluid based at the same pace that you pull the handle in at that's how fast you release it again take your time on that recovery if you can take your time to recover that's how you keep your stroke rate nice and low but it has to be in combination with that powerful drive from the front because otherwise you're not going to hold the pace that you're aiming for and that's how or it's that drive is how I can still be at 2k plus 20 even at 18 strokes a minute and why there's never a point where I'm in limbo kind of going what do I do? what do I do? Um, uh, okay oh. okay so the point is rhythm and flow everything should just feed into everything else that slide forwards should still only be about a second but you take a good amount of time to recover hopefully that made sense I know it was well, six minutes worth of just talking about rhythm and the recovery when 
from a technique point of view, I haven't really spoken about anything other than what I mentioned in the warm-up. But it's really important. There's a few aspects of rowing that I talk about until I'm blue in the face, yet people just don't hear. <laughs> Maybe that's why I always talk technique, eh? Hoping that either it'll eventually just click with you or, or just as a kind of a war of attrition eventually you'll be like all right all right all right I'll do it but this idea of rhythm and at the low rates the drive being powerful and fast and the recovery being smooth and slow is one of the big things that gets ignored. Other things are people who come too far forwards into the front of the machine. You only want to slide far enough to your shins to point vertically okay if they are if your knees are past your ankles and so you've got your knees pointing to the front of the machine you come too far forwards and there's a really good chance that that is coupled with a poor posture which is the other thing that I see very often is bad posture. And I'll talk about this so I can demonstrate it better during the recovery for the rest before the next interval. But if you can get your posture right at the front, and at the back of the stroke you will not only put a lot more power into each stroke you should find it's a lot more comfortable too especially in your backside which can suffer muscle problems if you have poor posture like I said, I'll talk about that in a second because we've only got three more strokes to go until our first rest. Last one. There we go. So, my heart rate ended was 62% of max there, which is kind of where you want it to be, okay? For if you have a heart rate monitor on for this kind of row, you want it to be kind of between 55 and 65% of your rowing maximum heart rate, okay? Uh, and which mine was, there's <laughs> nothing really else to say there. So, have a quick drink. And this is what I mean. So, posture. Try and take 
a video of you side on, just sitting on the machine getting ready to start. And look at what's happening with your posture on your bottom. If you are sitting back on your hips, okay, your tailbone tucked underneath you, and your, everything's kind of rounded at the lower back, this is a poor posture, okay? Although you might finish like this, coming forwards in this poor posture is not great, okay? And this is what can lead to those knees, to the seat whacking off your heels, your knees going past your toes, shins are no longer vertical as you come forwards because you've got your, everything's rolled underneath you, okay? So what I want you to do is if you know you like that, sit down and go, okay, I'm sitting down. And if it feels as though you're sitting back on your hips, then all you have to do is straighten up. See the difference here between down and straightening up. I just, I, I can actually feel I'm rolling over my glutes as I do this. And then you're in a much more primed position and that's a much better posture, okay? So you're perched, almost ready for that power to come in. It's just your sit bones that are touching the seat. Uh, 15 seconds to go. So that's a much better. So if you just see yourself collapsing, up, down, up, and that's a much better posture. Okay then, in six seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Go. So 20 strokes a minute, and two seconds faster than you were just rowing at. So I was just rowing at two minutes and five seconds per 500 meters. So I want to try and calm it down a little bit because I'm up at 201 right now. There you go, 203. Because the important thing here is to not go fast, okay? These are low intensity fitness building sessions that improve the power in your system, or at least in your blood, improve the, the power factory in your blood so that it can keep on going through your rows. And if you go too fast, in today's row, when it comes to session three, which is another power row, then you'll have used up some of the power from your power station and you won't be able to go as fast for as long and that will damage your ability to improve your power and your speed. I mean, if I had to choose between people pushing these low intensity rows too fast or just not doing them at all, then I'd much rather you were doing four fast sessions a week. And I mean, sprint absolute max. I'd rather you did that with rest days to go two 
fast ones, a rest day, two fast ones, two rest days. I'd much rather you did that than rowing this kind of session too fast. Now obviously, what you then lose is the fitness building benefits of this kind of session, but you only get them if you row these at a low intensity. The moment you start going too fast and the intensity rises and your heart rate rises, so you start really feeling it tricky to hold on, you're taking it away from that fitness building, power station building workout into a kind of a performance fitness row that you won't have the fitness for because you haven't done this session. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> at the end of session zero, the intro one, I likened it to the petrol tank in a car, where if you are doing a drag race, sprint race at absolute maximum, you need to have enough fuel in the car to make it to the end of the race. And you can do that by either not going at the speed you want and therefore pacing out your petrol tank so that it will last the whole race or far better than that give yourself a bigger petrol tank so you can fit more fuel for the race and therefore go faster for longer and that's what we're doing with a row like this is you're just giving yourself a bigger petrol tank so that when it comes to the fast stuff you can go faster for longer or a lot faster <laughs> for the same period of time and again talking about things that people ignore that's a huge one I'll admit myself when I first started on this journey of rowing I didn't listen to anyone who told me to row slow I just went out and did 30 minute time trials four or five times a week but I was actually able to get away with it 
because I would cycle to work every day. So every day I would get 25 miles, not kilometers, but miles into my legs at a low intensity effort. So I was building my core fitness with these commutes and then I was adding power and speed with the rowing. So Scarlett asked a question today on the Facebook group, which is kind of why I'm ranting about this today. He does Olympic lifts, running, cycling, and had asked if he could drop these long slow rows and just do the fast ones. And although I'd still rather he did at least one session like this every week, I basically said, you're gonna have that base fitness already. So as long as your technique stays nice and good, because again, these kind of sessions are what give you time to grind in a good technique. And as long as you don't feel like you can't hold the power that you want to hold when you're doing the fast stuff, then you should be okay. You should have given yourself that core fitness. Because I still, I still cycle on Zwift, hour-long bike rides to give just base cardio fitness. Not rowing specific, but then I also think it's a good idea to mix things up anyway from time to time. And then now that I'm training for the High Rocks event, I'm running a lot more too. So I'm taking care of base fitness. However, I'm still rowing these sessions. So I'm doing kind of like double work. Okay, three strokes to go. All done. I cannot believe I was able to talk about that for 10 minutes. <laughs> oh. But on rows like this, it is kind of about getting into a groove, especially for the 20 strokes a minute, because it's just one stroke every three seconds. You can kind of get into a groove, almost just zone out. And what, what I expect, basically, actually have, have a drink for 30 seconds into this rest.
for longer rows like this, I don't expect you to be hanging off every word I said. Good grief, I don't even hang off every word I say. Um, it's like white noise, okay? I'm like one of those machines and it's accompanying your rowing, okay? So you just strap in, you row, try and hold that stroke rate, hold that pace through the course of each of these intervals in this case. And I'm talking away just as noise for you to kind of tune in and out of where hopefully these things will hit. Next interval, I'll talk more about technique. I'll kind of go through the entire thing now that we're nicely warm. But what to do is just tune in to the things that I'm saying and then work on them for a while while I'm talking, either re-emphasizing or I'll move on to the next thing. If I'm saying get that body position right, concentrate on that body position for a while, okay? And just let me blow up. Because trust me, through the course of this five-week plan, I'm going to be talking about technique a lot. So you can really think about in each session, pick one thing. Pick pushing with your legs. Pick having that forward lean and straight arms. It's up to you, okay? Or try and do everything as I say it, but then that could be a bit much of a bit much information to take in one session. Okay, we've got six seconds to go until our next interval. Three, two, one, let's go. We're back down to 18 strokes a minute. So take it two seconds slower, back to whatever pace you were rowing at to start with. And that's important. So when I talk about this effort out of 10 thing, because it's like a perception thing, it's really easy to get it wrong. Not only by the very start where, depending on how you feel that day, you might be feeling strong. So five out of 10, you're actually rowing quite fast. Or maybe you're feeling a bit tired and five out of 10, it's like five seconds slower than it would be if you were feeling strong. But the danger comes to an interval like this, where you may say, well, this time round, I have to ease off in order to keep it at five out of 10. And that's not the point anymore. So you set, your first interval and then that's what you adjust your pace from so your first interval if that was 205 like me 20 strokes a minute is then going to be at 203 but then as you go into this 18 again you just go back to 205 regardless of whether now it feels like six out of 10. And then in the fourth interval, you go back to two seconds faster. Now that's gonna sound counterintuitive to what I said about pacing in the first two intervals. The truth is, if you are starting to find this really tough, then you've already got 20 minutes 
of fitness building rowing in your legs and now it's okay to step it up for you, for the people that start to find it tougher. It's okay for that intensity to have risen because this will be where you will build tolerance to row longer and therefore be able to row longer. Because trust me, you can come back to this row tomorrow and it won't feel as tough. If you, are, or if you are only ever used to rowing 20 minutes at a time, so this will be the first time you've gone up to 40 minutes, then of course it's gonna to be tougher than it was before. Can't expect it to feel the same, but a lot of that is mental. So if you come back to it tomorrow or the day after, you'll probably find that you'll get 30 minutes into it before the intensity increases. So it's really subtle because for people with a good core fitness, this shouldn't really get too much different towards the end. Yes, it will feel a little bit tougher just because you've got all this time in your legs, but you won't have gone from a five out of 10 to a nine out of 10. <clears throat> Maybe five to six. So, right. I said I was going to talk technique. <laughs> so as being that size, 25 minutes in, we can just have a recap in case fatigue or just bad habits have set in, causing you to do some weird and wonderful things. So, Taking it from the front of the stroke, you want arms straight, forward tilt over your hips to a one o'clock angle towards the front of the machine. Only slide until your shins are about vertical or vertical. <laughs> and you want to make sure you have a good powerful, primed posture. Okay, that's important that you feel powerful. Imagine you have a phone in your back pocket. As you come into the front, you should be up and powerful and that phone shouldn't be in any danger of being crushed. As you go through the stroke, you're going to destroy that phone. But at the front, 
hips forwards, shoulders over hips, fingers hooked over the handle. Okay, so no death grip. Just hook those fingers. And then keep your eyes looking straight ahead, which is why I say put the monitor at eye height. A neutral chin. So you're not like this, looking down. Neither are you looking up. Straight forward. And then push the machine away with your feet. Push and keep your arms straight and keep that forwards tilt as you push, push the machine away from you. So push. Now, connection is so important here that as you push with your feet, that's when your hands connect to the machine. And you can miss that connection either by swinging your back too soon, that misses the connection entirely, or if you slide too far forwards, what happens is your heels come way off the foot plates. And then what happens is your backside escapes from underneath you. And you can no longer put in this solid drive. Now, heels coming up is a huge discussion. Your heels can come off the foot plates as long as your shins are vertical, as long as it's only a little bit and it's not like your heel is parallel to the floor. And finally, as long as when it comes to pushing the machine away, you get those heels planted into the foot plates, push so that it's all the power from your legs, okay? Push. You don't want to push off your toes. You want to get a powerful push. One more. Hmm. Let's have a rest. So if you push with your toes, you're not getting the full power from your legs. And what happens is you then get to about here. So if you come in, push, then heels connect. And this is where everything engages is once your heels are down. And you've only got half a leg drive left. Whereas if you can push through the entire leg drive. Now, if you've ever done a deadlift or even a squat, like a weighted squat with a bar across your back, I'm gonna have a drink. 
I want you to consider whether you would ever do that deadlift or squat up on your toes, okay? Would you? No. But primarily from a stability issue, okay? You don't want to be up on your toes holding like 90 kilograms of iron underneath you. But the truth is, is that in both senses, squat, you're going to get your heels down and you drive through your heels to push that power up to get the weight up in the air. And in a deadlift, you're forwards and you push and you engage those quads as you push your heels into the ground. If I had bigger quads, I could show you, show you them rippling, but sadly I don't. <laughs> but you get what I mean? You wouldn't do a deadlift up on your toes, suddenly using your calves and, and tiny little muscles. You want to use the big, those big muscles. Hopefully you've got bigger ones than me. And drive it through. And that's what it's like with rowing. Like very much that initial drive is like a deadlift. The initial drive. Then it all changes. But it's the same thing about pushing that power in. So you get those heels down and push. Okay, so yes, you can lift your heels off the footplate. But only if push you push that power. Okay, six seconds to go. Five, four, three, two, one. And we're into our last interval. So 20 strokes a minute. And back to whatever pace you rode at the last time we were at 20. <laughs> so continuing technique, I'll not get distracted. <laughs> by something else so you push your feet and what you should really find is that with those straight arms forward lean fingers hooked over the handle <clears throat> it feels like you're hanging off the handle now that's a really hard thing to describe <clears throat> what I've said before is it's like if you were to hold on to a pull-up bar with your feet dangling off the ground you're not particularly pulling on the bar to hold you up in the air but there's still power going into the bar mostly just from gravity and your weight but it's the same here except instead of gravity being what's causing you to hang off the handle it's that power from your legs up through your body into your straight arms and your fingers so you should feel like you are braced against the handle and because the flywheel wants to move instead of just being stuck at the front of the machine as you push your feet in and hang off the handle that power causes the flywheel to turn and then because of drag factor you should be able to maintain that forwards tilt as you push that power in and the flywheel fights against the air and you go fast 
And so, if you bend those arms too soon at the front, you can't get that snap of the legs. And you're also just wasting bicep power and your leg power as they fight against each other and basically cancel each other out. So this takes us to the next thing that people ignore. Hey man, I got a upper body that goes for miles. I'll pull from the front. Sure, I'm sure you can get a decent pace up by pulling from the front, but if you could still get that pace, but then add to it with your legs and add to it by swinging your back from a forwards to a backwards lean. Why would you ignore it? I made a video about the backswing thing, showing how much power I could generate with no legs, no arms, just swinging my upper body from forwards to backwards. And for me, it was a real eye-opener and really consolidated why I drive with the legs, then swing with the back, and then pull in the arms. But the problem is, like I say, people are rowing with okay times, especially, I don't wanna sling muck at the entire community, but especially CrossFit types and a lot of the high rocks rowers I see, they are all about upper body and not using their body efficiently and powerfully, which is why they suffer on the longer rowing events. They can maybe bash out a quick 1K over three minutes, but they're absolutely humped afterwards because they just put everything into their upper body and hardly used their legs and back at all. So, please try to think about hanging off the handle, push, then when your legs are about halfway done, that's when you finally start the swing from a forwards tilt to a backwards tilt. Finishing still with a good, powerful posture at the back, 
just tilted backwards. And as you start that tilt, that's when you finally pull those arms into a finish. Finish with the handle, run about sternum height, which in my case is where my heart rate sensor sits. So if you ever hear a clicking noise, <laughs> I'm trying to do it right now. Ah, it's not clicking today. When I'm rowing, then that's the sound of the handle hitting off my sensor. So nice sternum height, not in your neck and not, hang on, not down in your lap. So basically your hands are coming in a straight line from the front of the machine into your chest. Try to keep your wrists flat. It may help to have a slight outward flare of your elbows with emphasis on slight. I don't want you to be chicken wings because that puts everything onto your delts up here instead of your lats down here and your lats are far bigger and stronger and designed for this kind of emotion then like I said in interval one let the handle release away from you as the handle comes away that triggers your forward lean and when the handle passes your knees that's when you finally bend them to return to the front last thing to say is for the leg drive get it all into the machine point your toes to the front of the machine at the back of the stroke that will prevent you from tugging on the foot strap and stopping yourself short and then pulling yourself forwards which collapses that posture remember my example well last stroke that's one of the biggest causes of poor posture is coming to the back and then you tug on the foot straps and you can see even here as I tug my backside rolls under me shoulders stay where they are backside comes underneath and then I'm in this position coming forwards so point your toes to the front legs come down not locked like soft lock but then all your leg drive has gone in hands away tilt forwards hands are across my knees and now I can bend them and that's how you get forwards without pulling on the straps and so what I'll do 
is I'm gonna load up a two minute cooldown. And, oh, I must have set a two minute rest at the end of the fourth interval instead of doing zero. That confused me for a second. You could tell by the gap in my speech. I'm like, why is it still going? Am I meant to do a fifth interval? <laughs> so I'm gonna do a two minute cooldown and I am gonna do this strapless. Okay, so feet are not in the straps. There's no TV magic going on here. Okay, in three seconds, you don't have to follow me here, strap in if you've never done this before, by the way. <laughs> three, two, one, go. So just do this at the same intensity of the warm-up, really. Nice and gentle, enough power that you can feel your body engaging with the stroke, but not so much that you start to tire yourself out or you see your heart rate skyrocketing. Your heart can go back up a little bit depending on how much it recovered between the finish of the main session and this cooldown, but it shouldn't go anywhere near as high as it was in the main session. And if it does, just ease off the intensity. But do think about technique, even though you're cooling down, think about straight arms, forward tilt, push with the feet. And because I'm getting that power into the machine from my legs, let all the power from my legs is going in rather than still pushing me backwards. That's why I'm not falling off the back of the machine. And then because the handle comes and I tilt forwards, that creates forwards momentum. And on the concept too, because the rail has a very slight downward angle to it, as I bend my knees, I just continue to move forwards. I'm not pulling with my knees, certainly not pulling with the straps. I'm not doing anything that particularly wastes energy here. I'm just hands away, forward tilt, bend my knees, recovering to the front. So I'm not falling off the back and I'm also not stuck on the back, even though I'm not in straps. Last stroke here. Now, if you want to try doing that, which I really recommend, what I say the first time out is just loosen the straps, okay? By about that much. That way, if you get it wrong and you push too hard and you're about to fall off the back, you can quickly flick your toes up and catch yourself. So I don't want you to fall off the back of the machine. That would be bad. So that's us at the end of the main workout. We can now do some stretching. If you don't have time for that stretching, then please, I recommend doing at least your uh, quads and hamstrings. Um, maybe not in the shower, the way to fall over, but maybe while you're, I don't know, getting changed or afterwards or at the desk, whatever. Maybe not at the desk, that could be too long, but do stretch, you don't want to just stiffen up, even after today's low intensity workout. Or, Stretchy John has just appeared at the top. He will guide you through some stretching, but I will also guide you through some on-rower stretching. Should probably just do away with Stretchy John, but I pay him, so. <laughs> so, hamstrings first. Uh, put feet on the foot plates, then fold into them. Now I'm trying something different today. Yesterday, I had my feet still in the straps and was kind of bracing against them. Today, all I'm doing is I kind of anchored my heels into the heel cup and I'm trying to make sure that my, I've still got like right angle between my foot and my shin. I can definitely feel this more in the calf, like the sciatic nerve, than I can in the hamstrings. So if I just put a slight bend in the knees and then just fold a little bit further in, 
I can just change the focus and it's now, I'm now getting a stretch into my hamstrings instead of it being more like in my calves. So if you are gonna stretch on the machine like this, do play around with it. It's better just to sit on the floor next to the machine to be perfectly honest, but I was asked, how would you stretch on the machine? And so I thought of ways to do it. Next up, let's do our glutes. Put one leg on the rail, other foot goes over your knee, and then with the other arm, pull this knee across your body, and then steady yourself on the back of the machine and rotate in. Okay, so this rotation is important. The pulling of the leg helps, but it's the rotation that then causes you that stretch into the glutes. And again, changing the angle of that foot against your knee or how much you rotate, all that kind of stuff, how much you're pulling against your knee, that can all make a difference. So check in with what works best for you, which, hang on, I'm just gonna face away from you while I do the other leg, which is, the other key point for all of this is stretch the muscles that you need to stretch. Don't just stretch the ones that I'm doing. These are just the ones that I go through at the end of a session as a kind of a basic. I also, afterwards I do a Superman where I lie on the floor and I uh, face down, arms come up, legs come up. So I'm like a curve, a U shape, just to try and kind of work my lower back a little bit. It's not really a stretch, it's more of like a work. Uh, next quads, so my head's gonna pop out the top of screen. Bring your heel up to your back, <laughs> up to your backside, and then pull it against your backside. But try and keep a nice straight line down through your shoulders into your quads or quad that you're stretching. And again, you can change the angle of how you're doing this, how much you're pulling against your backside. All of that will affect the amount of a stretch that you're getting into that muscle. <sighs> Let's change. I'm probably going a little bit faster. Oops as I go through these but hopefully you're taking your time and remember there's a good chance I'm going to be waffling on for a couple of minutes after we've done our stretching so you can always elongate your stretching sessions through to my closing chatter as well so uh, let this be just me kind of showing you examples of how to stretch but you don't have to stretch along with me okay let's do our hip flexors next so back down to the floor one leg on Put your knee over the top of your ankle. Other leg is down at a nice right angle. And then what you're gonna do is you're gonna push this hip forwards. So whoop, you just lean in. So that where you were 90 degrees here before, you then change that angle. And your knee also comes over the top of your ankle as well. And you should find that right up here, right up in your hip flexor, gets a nice wee stretch, okay? So like I always say this, I say in rowing, there's a good chance that depending on what session you've just done, your hip flexors might be a little bit uh, used, let's say. However, don't automatically go to your hip flexors if you feel general, generally uh, tight. It could be your hamstrings. Um, swap legs. Uh, do check out Jeff Cavalier's video about hip flexors. Athlean X guy. To watch any of Jeff's stuff. Um, he knows. He's forgotten more than I will ever know when it comes to the human body and building muscle and stretching and stuff. So, like I say, this is just the, set, the, the stretching routine that I do that I feel works for me, it kind of covers most bases, but um, it could well be that he's got like one stretch for everybody in there. I know there's one where you lie on your back and you rotate that he says should, should be the, like the one stretch that you should always do, but I don't. Right, forearms next. Shouldn't your forearms shouldn't really have taken that much of a battering today, but still worth doing. So put your hands together, push them together, and as you push together, bring your hands down, okay, in front of you. So you're basically praying. Okay, not quite too sure he would be praying to the rowing gods. But yes, you push. 
does it get your pecs? So I think, I must, I must improve my bust. <laughs> um, yeah, but should certainly, your forearm should get a nice wee stretch from doing this. Stretching your fingers. I mean, you can kind of let your fingers move as well because it could be that your fingers are a little bit tight as well when you're doing that. It's up to you. I mean, some people do the thing where you pull your fingers all the way back. <sighs> Don't like the sound of that. <laughs> right, arm across your body, pull against it with your other arm and that will give you a nice shoulder stretch. Okay, so just putting this power across. So that's up at the delts, especially if, remember one of the last things I was saying was about um, uh, when you pull the handle in to your, uh, to the chest at the finish, that you want to make sure not have a complete, don't want to be chicken winged out like this, because that then puts your delts into the action, which they shouldn't really be, should be down your lats. If you are the type that does that, or if you're like a shrugger, you come up and you're shrugging up, then this, will hopefully help at least your delts. If you're a shrugger, you'll probably find it's your traps. So you might have to move your head to the, tilt your head to the side or the other way. Yeah, that kind of tends to do it. So if I do that, I'm tending to get my delts and my, so I've got that delt going and that trap going by doing this. But I do look a bit strange. So uh, triceps next, one arm, touch your spine, use your other arm, just to kind of give it a little bit more of a stretch down to your back. So you should find as you push, it goes a little bit further down your spine. Now, of course, the point here is to put the other hand behind and to try and clasp your two fingers together and then you can pull harder on that tricep. I can't do that. Because I have poor shoulder mobility. So, yeah. But this will give you a nice little stretch to the triceps. Again, the triceps shouldn't really take too much of a beating in rowing. If they do, there's a good chance that you're really tense on the recovery, that as you come forwards, um, you're like, everything's, you're rigid as you come forwards into the next stroke. Try and be nice and loose, nice loose shoulders, okay, down, like a zombie. I've talked before about zombies, how you want to come in forwards like a zombie, okay? So nice, obviously you don't want your hands like this, that'd be pointless. But hands, but shoulders nice and loose, okay? Should be nice and wobbly as you come forwards. If you're tense, then that's often what's causing your triceps to, to be sore, okay? So it shouldn't really be a tricep acting uh, workout, this one, or tricep beating one, right? Finally, biceps, put your hands behind you as though you're a ski jumper. Ooh, it's cold up here, but then rotate your thumbs outwards, okay? Add some drag to your ski jump, okay? You're gonna lose a couple of centimeters because you've got your thumbs dragging against the wind. Ooh, I could never be a ski jumper. I'm not that big a fan of heights. So the thought of just coming down the top, even like when I go on holiday and it's like a water park, and you go down the big water slide things, see the first time doing it, go petrified. There's one at Siam Park in Tenerife called, I think it's the Tower of Power or something like that. And just getting up to the top and kind of like going, oh my God, I'm so high up. Once you do the slide, it's fine. Wee, straight through a shark tank. Hey, that was fun. But just getting up the heights, oh, not a fan. So there we go. That was week uh, one, session two, a nice low intensity, long, slow row. I do hope you enjoyed it. I kind of rambled a lot uh, through today's thing. It wasn't a particularly, hey, I'm going to tell you all about my dinner plans, which tonight I think is going to be chicken katsu curry. Mm. Um, but yeah, so uh, it wasn't kind of that kind of a row today. It was just like a kind of long, let's think about technique, let's think about uh, how to how to row low rates all that kind of stuff so um, hopefully it made you uh, think a little bit more about your rowing so uh, sometimes it's important to kind of balance off the means of talking about 
DJing and drumming and all that kind of stuff versus actually talking about rowing. So that's why today this is what we were talking about. Um, and this will hopefully have increased the size of your petrol tank ready for week one session three, which is definitely a power row. As a Just a little clue, what we're going to do to, to in session three is it's 21 minute uh, intervals with one minute in between. But all of those one minute intervals are going to be done at 20 strokes a minute. Oh, that's so boring. But at full power. So you put absolutely all the force you can into each one of those strokes. Ooh, that sounds exciting. So that's the point. So that at that point, I'll talk about this obviously tomorrow, but this is why I'm talking connection so much today and about getting that power in and hanging off the handle is that when you're down at 20 strokes a minute, if you just have a poor connection, you're going to be like, what's the point of this? So you really have to get that connection right and you can just absolutely melt the machine with the amount of power you put into it if you connect right at the front. So hopefully you'll listen to me today and you're going to get the connection right in session three. All right? But meanwhile, we have to say goodbye on session two. So I really do hope that you enjoyed this one. Please leave me some kind of a comment either on YouTube or Facebook uh, or Instagram or wherever. wherever. Um, and I will see you in a future video. And then the last thing to talk about is the hashtag, which... Oh, Oh, uh, uh, I wanted to do something about heights, like um, scaredy cats, scared of, scared of heights, or um, yeah, or Siam Park, or Tower of Tower of Terror. Let's just do that because then I always think there's great joy when people go, "Why has he got that?" So Tower of Terror, Tower as in T O W E R. I know my Scottish accent. Tower, of um, Tower of Terror, T-E-R-R-O-R, -R -R. okay? There we go, we're done. So I will see you uh, if you're following the 1K plan in week one, session three. If you did this just as a little standalone row, then I will see you in whatever other uh, session you pick next. Remember, there is a playlist for the 1K training plan as there are, as there are uh, for all of the training plans. So make sure and look at the playlist and you'll find playlists for everything that I do so you can get nice and neat and tidy uh, and you can just kind of follow it in succession as we go through it together. All right, thank you so much for being part of this one. I will see you in another row. Please take care of yourselves. Be well, bye-bye. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com.